What's going on, everybody? Welcome back into another episode of the Dogs Basketball Podcast. Another short one. Yes, we're coming to you a lot earlier than we usually do. We usually combine episodes, but knowing it's about a three or four day break in between, we felt like we want to keep it fresh on the mind and discuss the win that was last night. I'm Nick Malone, joined by Noah Lurch. And Noah, it was one heck of a game, one we... Honestly expected knowing the quick turnaround, knowing where we were going, knowing how we were playing. And that's every bit of this game. A lot of roller coasters in this one. It's it's always, I say fun playing Valpo, especially in that building. Uh, but it always leaves us for some, uh, some discomfort, I guess you could say, most of the way. And that was how it was last year. It's how it was again this year. I, we hadn't played them in over a year to this point now with the only – one game. Let's talk about this one today. No, I was going on. Yeah, definitely knowing how this team likes to play, you know, they're going to try to ugly it up and that's what Valpo tries to, tries to do a little bit as well. So we knew it wasn't going to be a pretty game and it definitely wasn't that. Um, hopefully everybody took the under because it was quite the first half with low scoring back and forth started the game well, but, Knowing knowing our Salukis that we knew the uh, there was going to be a drought, and there definitely was. You say you took, if people took the under, it was 131 and a half and it ended up being 128. So definitely it, it was on pace to by far not even be close, but that's funny because I just looked and see that it was very, very close. I mean, this was a tale of offensive halves. I'm just looking at it. I mean, I mean, 27 to 19 in the first half, and then 43, they had 39 in the second half for us. That's what made it the higher score. Uh, but I, I mentioned roller coaster, and that's kind of what it was for sure, because we were up uh, 8 nothing before we knew it. And, no, this was the start of, you know, Clarence, you know, stay, same lineups for us, the same lineup we envisioned for them. It was all the case, Kobe King on Marcus, uh, Clarence and all of our bigs on Cricky, and then the other matchups – for which they may, uh, and we know switching on our end. But uh, after Jawan hit a jump shot to start this game, the typical, what we've talked about, the Stephen Verplanken moves, and he had another one in this game where just he's able to get what he wants when he gets to a certain spot, and he kind of plays well under pressure and at the end of a shot clock as well. He got his kick started, and then after that I mentioned this, this Clarence, you know, guys finding Clarence. It was Marcus, then it was Jawan hitting him. Up six nothing, and then Clarence had another layup when Lance found him. So all different kinds of guys. Um, but no, it was, and then we were up ten to two after X made a layup after Kobe King finally got on the board for them. About almost five minutes in, they were missing shots uh, that they usually would make. I'm assuming we talked about how they're they're a pretty good home team. They fought some with some teams in that building, and they were it's not the best building. Obviously, we were. There's some Suzuki fans that were there pointing out how awful the crowd was, what their student section looked like. And, you know, you kind of, you know, we kind of talk about gyms sometimes have like the brick rims, quote unquote, and stuff. And that's kind of what this, when this, the vibe of this place gives off. And they were missing shots, I'm sure they usually make. I mean, no, pretty much in this game, I mean, when we, when we kind of took control, you saw X, uh, like I said, get on the board here a little bit. It was 12 to four, but it was really the Kobe and Cricky. Uh, start to him before someone came in off their bench and made a huge impact. But no, at the start of this game, we felt like we could could have took a lot of control and uh, you know kind of I say blow them out, but definitely got ahead of them and sustained it. But that's not what happened over the course of this first half. Yeah, definitely. I mean, with the the way we started up eight nothing, 
Um, then they battled back a little bit. Um, it got up to 12 to four at one point, but I mean, knowing Ben Cricky and Kobe King, um, they were to come back at us. And obviously, uh, we took Marcus and Lance out at the same time again. And we threw a lineup where we said at one point, uh, during the season that we never wanted to see that lineup again, but we saw it again last night. Uh, and they had a, a couple guys spark, and they made it a run. They tied it up at 12 with 9, 10 left in the first half. Um, we were really struggling, had to take a 30-second timeout after they tied it up to um, finally put in uh, Lance in again. Marcus was already in, put X back in, put JD in. So really, after they tied it up, it was a quick 30-second timeout to get our guys back on the floor. Yeah, it's funny. We were joking earlier about, as you said, what we talked about, we don't never want to see it again. And we talked about, well, what if we ever see that in Arch Madness? And I said, I would literally run on the floor and they'd have to stop play to give the guys who are sitting out an extra breather and then put them in to take the take the crazy guy off the court. I would literally stop play so we wouldn't have to see it because, yeah, there's no offense out there. And we talked about and we'll get to Dalton Banks. He had an incredible second half for us. Is this when they subbed him in Valpo outside of Edwards? We're pretty big. I mean, I think, you know, obviously Nelson and Green and like it's just big. It's like, okay, yeah, go to a Troy per se or go to we mentioned and he didn't play in this game as Foster Wonders because they kind of had a soft press on us at the start, you know, kind of in the uh, it was kind of like quarter court soft press. And there definitely would have been openings and, uh, you know, Foster could have had some. But when they sub Dalton in, you just knew, like, why are we going small? And obviously, you know, rebounding affected us in this game as well. And at that point where you said it was tied after Cricky had a layup and, you know, overall Cricky's game in this one, uh, he was the trailer. As I remember talking in the preview, like if he's going to be the trailer, you got to push him out a little bit. And he was able to easily beat JD and Clarence for the most part off the dribble after they were overplaying him to the rim. And you know, a lot of part of this, of this whole game was the fact that they were getting fouled. Kobe King got to a free throw line a lot in this game. Both of them did. But because Cricky, whenever he would penetrate, or I guess like I said anybody, they wouldn't finish the end where they all get fouled and they go to the free throw line. We got lucky there over the course of this game, but that's how Cricky was able to get going in this one, was beat guys to the rim for the most part and get easy looks. We know how perfect he almost seems around the rim. And Ibra Bayou came in, had a dunk, had a steal, had a – or scored a couple times, and he was, he was getting into Marcus a little bit, kind of getting in his face, which I guess – it's crazy because that's what it seems like people are starting to do to Marcus because they know they can get to him and Marcus, you know, mentally can break down and it can lead to poor performance. You see Jay Sean Henry go at him in his face. Don Clay's not scared of him. Kendall Lewis isn't scared of him. And then Bayou's not scared of him. And Kobe King's not scared of him. So it's just, you know, you hate to see that because Marcus wasn't doing really anything until he hit this three at the 8-11 mark to, to regain his set lead. It was it was one where he had a little bit of separation on one of the wings and hit it. It was a big shot in the moment. This when Kobe was getting to the free throw line, missed both, or uh, sorry, went one of two. And then it was 15-13 for a while until J.D. had a layup that Marcus found him on. Back-to-back, uh, -back, excuse me, Lance found J.D. on this next one. Uh, and he tried to finish an and one, missed the free throw. Of course, we'll get into more of his free throw shooting. Uh, Cricky, a jump shot goes all the way. Marcus finally hit a jumper. His usual, get in the paint, fade away. So 21 to 15, 
Marcus then made a couple free throws. Maximus Nelson got him on that. He he was in foul trouble throughout this game. Kobe King, a couple more free throws. Um, and then Kobe, just a lot of stuff here. Kobe King went to, made two more free throws. And this is whenever we saw glimpses of Dalton Noah. I think it was at the end of the shot clock. He had a layup. Uh, and then Marcus stole it from Cricky. And then this was one near the end of the half here where Clarence was going on a fast break. And off a steal that Marcus had kicked it up to Clarence and Kobe flagrant fouled him. Uh, and obviously he missed it. And you knew in the moments, like, what are you doing? You like foul him. Don't foul him too hard. You don't want a clear path foul as well. But he fouled him on that. Clarence luckily made both free throws to give us an eight point lead. And no, we got the ball again uh, with 16 seconds left. And lo and behold, or, le- or a little bit more than that, lo and behold, we turn it over. And those are those examples of things you can't have happen. X goes, uh, Backcourt violation. I remember I was looking at my phone, looked up, and they said the ball was going the other way. I think there was some confusion of what they thought the call was, so it was a over and back. Luckily, Cricky missed a three. It was kind of a straight-on, wide-open look at the top of the key, and then we had a half-court heave at the end. But, no, that's an example, like I said, of getting in your own way and not you know, being able to get it to 10 points or more because those two points could have easily been crucial, two or three points, and you don't even get a shot off. Uh, talk about that, or just your thoughts on that clearly. And it's it's inconvenient. It's honestly unacceptable. Those kind of weird mistakes, and then jump into how the first half uh, happened and why we were up eight. Yeah, definitely not how you want to close out a half. You would like to uh, be able to get a bucket there coming off them giving you an extra possession for what Kobe King did with that flagrant foul and giving us the ball back and be up 10 instead of eight. Obviously it's not a big difference, but want to be able to close the half, especially with a veteran, a veteran squad having a, just a turnover like that. We've seen it sold to Illinois state where Lance just let the ball go through his hands, had a backcourt there, just mental stuff that you can't have when you want to be in crunch time, especially down the stretch of this season. Um, But it was really, I mean, offensively we had our struggles, but you shot 50% from the field, 11 of 22, but you're one of seven for three for 14%, four or five from the line for 80%. Um, best plus minus, surprisingly, was Lance Jones in the first half with plus 14. Um, he was 0 of 2 from the field. He was really bad in this game, um, shooting the ball. So leading, leading the way was Clarence, ended up with a career high 14. Then Marcus was following him right there with seven. Uh, really finding those easy looks for JD and Clarence because they were kind of softly doubling um, Marcus and their their back their weak side guy was not coming and helping at all and Marcus did a very nice job finding those guys I know Juwan found them a couple times same with X so really see really seeing Clarence step up he knows he talked about a little bit in the post game where um, he was surprised he had 14 he didn't realize it till the end of the game but. He said points are going to come. He's just got to find those open spots, and he was doing it last night. Yeah, I almost think he knows he, – he's confident in himself that he knows he can score, that maybe it didn't seem like that to, to him, but I feel like that's always the player's version of coach speak that they, you know, are humble and like, yeah, I didn't really pay attention to it or, yeah, I didn't. Let's like Marcus saying, yeah, 1,500, 300, and 500 don't mean really – he didn't say it didn't mean anything to him, but you know that kind of thing. And, uh, you know, Clarence, you know – and. I want to preface before by saying we did get the tip to start this game, which I believe there it was said that that was only the second time this season. So out of 28 games, 
we've only won the tip twice. And we went back realizing or starting to think of when Clarence started. It was the uh, Alcorn State games when he first started, and he has ever since. The Troy was starting at the start of the year. And obviously, you know, Troy is not going to maybe get a tip either. So only twice. And we, and you, you know, mentioned how yeah, sometimes even when we get the tip, Lance would end up stealing it off the tip and get putting this, putting this in. So whether those count or not, but I think that was an indication that maybe Clarence could have a good game, even though he had one of the toughest matchups ever. And you're right. And even in the post game, he was asked about Cricky and said, yeah, he's a, he's a nice talent. Like he kind of, he, he's got kind of the confidence again where he kind of not say like, yeah, he's really good, even though it's probably what he should say. Cause obviously Ben is, but as soon as Clarence got the tip, it was like, yeah, maybe he was going to have one of those games. And, you know, it was off a lot of uh, open looks, as you said, you know, all those guys were finding him and they weren't really helping off. So the openings were there, but even when JD scored, I mean, JD was kind of, you know, camping underneath the basket, Marcus would find him. And even Marcus who had three turnovers in the first half would look, and he had multiple of these in the in the whole game of getting the post. Yeah, they'd have like kind of that soft double, and then he'd try to throw it cross court or throw it somewhere, and he'd throw it right to the Valpo defender. But it is crazy seeing Lance with the highest plus minus of, yeah, 0 for 2 shooting, three turnovers himself, did have three assists. His defense, I guess, was fine. We'll get into more of Lance, but definitely was the Clarence half. Marcus with those seven, J.D. with four, Dalton had that two before, Jawan had two to kick us off, X had four. X, I want to say it was in the first half whenever he scored off an inbounds um, over the course of it. Yeah, because he only – he finished with seven. He had four, so I think it was one of those. And you're right, we were shooting well other than that, and three-point shooting was not good, and then they were seven of eight, four or five from three were us, and we were leading the points in the paint battle, points off turnovers – and everything so and six bench points to their four so i mean everything was looking good and we when we mentioned i remember saying in the tweet that like valpo is going to turn it up on offense in the second half and that is what they showed to do so and you know it, so that kind of made me nervous in general when i tweeted that i was thinking like yeah i don't know how this is going to go eight points is a nice comfortable lead i wonder if valpo looked at it you know like how i remember tweeting or us talking before about you know how it's manageable it's a manageable point differential at the half, you know, eight seems like a, a decent amount. So, I mean, of course, you know, when we kick off the second half, X turns it over, Nick Edwards got him there, and then Clarence had another layup, assisted by Marcus once again on one of those. So there it was, 10, and then Clarence – so Clarence had – he had, what was it, eight points in the first half, and then he had six here in the second, and all six came here in the first – within the first two minutes before even the first media timeout. But it was in, sandwiched in between a Nick Edwards layup and a Kobe layup, so remained around 10 – for the most part, um, and then Cricky uh, went one of two from the line, one of his few misses. He uh, then he made a layup. This whenever um, you know, like like I said, all, some of most of our bigs were getting beat to the basket. They went on a little run here. Maximus Nelson made a three, and I believe over the course of or I, neither team made a three in the first. Or besides Marcus, we had one. They hadn't made one, and there was only two. I think four total between the teams. They split threes in this game. This whenever Dalton started to get going, he had a he had a couple free throws, got it to a six point lead when it was four. After that, Nelson three, Jawan. This was his turnaround, uh, just throw it up baseline shot that made it eight. Cricky, couple free throws. No, I'm trying to lead it into to when Scotty Abube came in the game and made a difference. Um, but in between that was, and I remember tweeting or telling to you about. Dalton loves playing in that building. I tweeted it, but we talked. We said if Dalton transferred there, he'd probably be an All Valley member. 
because that's how great he was. And these were vital, vital points, Noah, throughout this half. It seemed like Dalton gets the aggressiveness, but he also has – he's the mix of Juwan and Stephen Verplanken of all these guys can do it where they get deep, keep the pivot foot, and turn around jumper, and that was working for Dalton. Noah, talk about his game, everything else that happened between here until Scotty came in the game and obviously made a difference. Yeah, Dalton, I mean, if he's uh, – he's, I mean, he just loves playing in that gym apparently – um, if I was Lodich, I, if I would want to save my job, I'd be in his ear to get a point card. But uh, just big, big time moments. He's just confident playing there. Um, they have some smaller guards. He takes advantage by driving and um, hitting his little fadeaways, or he can get a layups a couple times. Uh, Troy got a layup, finishing and one in this one. Maximus Nelson was in foul trouble a lot in this one. Uh, but yeah, Scotty Abube coming in here after. Uh, Cricky made a jumper, um, got to sub him in. Uh, Marcus made some free throws, but on the on the other side, great defense by I mean Scotty moving his feet, be able to wall up, putting his hands to the ceiling, um, getting Cricky to miss a, a layup. Um, had a fast break opportunity. Pass was probably a little late, and Ben Cricky was able to get a block. Followed up off that block. It was an in-transition three for Quentin Green to cut it to four. Um, but next possession, weak side defense was late. Scotty got a wide-open dunk. I mean, it feels like every time he gets the ball, he's going to try to dunk it, and I love seeing that. But just big minutes, not sure why, where he was in the first half. I know uh, Clarence and J.D. got in a little bit of foul trouble because uh, – it was either Ben Cricky or Kobe King. Every time I felt like turning around, it was one of those two at the go- one of those two at the line. It felt like they, I think they both shot a combined uh, nineteen free throws. Cricky was eight of ten. Kobe was eight of nine. You wonder why um, they both ended up with twenty four, and again, Kobe scored in double digits every every game this season. So. No wonder he's scoring double digits when he's getting to the line, almost double digits. But um, just big-time impact by by a guy that we've been preaching. The whole fan base loves him. He's a he's a fan favorite. We're just not sure. Obviously, the coming back from injury is still blah, blah, blah. But, I mean, these last couple games, there's no reason he shouldn't be on the floor more. No, especially because as soon as he got in the game, as on that defensive play against Cricky, I mean, he can move the feet, move his feet better. I mean, Clarence can't do what he does in that way. JD is the closest thing, but Scotty's head and shoulders above both. And we talk endlessly about if you just throw him in there, it's something maybe that Lodic wouldn't be expecting because, yeah, he, he plays here and there. He's not going to play whatever. As soon as he comes in, though, not only is Lodic the team, but Cricky don't doesn't really know what to expect and exactly he was moving his feet got to the spot that the other bigs weren't to be able to force that tough shot that yeah proved to be a miss and then he was running and i forgot who passed him i want to say it was marcus could be wrong hitting him on the exact almost play that the, the uic play where he dunked it in transition with ease if they pass it to him where he catches it within the you know, with the free throw line, at least he's able to catch it and dunk it. And we talk about it all. And, you know, the pass was late. So then he's right underneath the basket. Cricky uses his six, nine frame to block it. Uh, so that was, you know, uh, unfortunate. And then we talk, I mean, Scotty plays, he is going to dunk every single time. He plays above the rim. Clarence, who got blocked on a couple shots before all of this, before Scotty came in, 
uh, you know, because, you know, Clarence was getting the easy look. He's thinking he can keep getting them. And even, you know, he's kind of just, you know, barely throwing them up there layup style. And then they were getting blocked as well from behind or wherever. So they were kind of like weak attempts. We know Scotty's not going to have any weak attempts. So, yeah, he goes down and then all that happens with him. But you're exactly right. Fan base loves him. He brings the energy. We, we talked – like, there's only been a handful of games, two, I think, out of the 10 he's played where we've lost, you know, and he's played a certain amount of minutes. So, it is what it is. Hopefully, we could see more, obviously, because it definitely factored into this when Cricky really didn't know what to do. We mentioned, like, Jerome Palm. He didn't play in this game. It was just uh, Cricky, Bayou, and whoever else. We didn't even see uh, Henstrom in this game. Uh but, you know, throughout all this, whenever it was 48-47, this was the uncomfortable feeling after Kobe had a dunk to get it within one. Lance more missed shots. It was kind of back and forth. And we had lull in the first half, and we had another lull here. Uh, JD got fouled, missed both free throws. Uh, and then they go down off of a easy play. I'm pretty sure Edwards was dribbling kind of baseline. And they did a lot of it in this game. And you notice when you watch them play, Kobe will just kind of – Ease in like when he's on the wing, he'll ease into the paint and he'll get an easy pass. And this time he dunked it, so that gave them the lead. Luckily, Marcus got the benefit of a Connor Barrett foul on the other end to regain us the lead that we didn't look back from. But in that moment, no, I mean, 548 left. I mean, we can only think the worst. We're saying, okay, well, Lance isn't making shots, they just took the lead. Worst case scenario, even though it was only one, and knowing it took us a couple minutes here to score. Like I said, Marcus getting bailed out with a couple free throws. And then, Noah, this is when Lance got involved. He had a three to make it four. And then J.D., who um, had a perfect fee from Marcus after X stole it from Edwards. We went on a little run here, and that's where we thought we were going to put the game away. And that was the story of the game. Noah, talk about, at this point especially, and even when we got it up to 10 here, where we should have put the game away, didn't. I don't think it was too crazy at the very end there. You know, the, we'll talk about the you know what exactly happened. It was kind of just the usual like parts of a basketball game that can make it uh, go on maybe for too long. But we thought we put the game away because even Valpo throughout this game, though, had options or had moments to put us away. That was kind of the story of the end of this game. Yeah, definitely. It felt like this whole game where, and it's felt like this for Valpo for a lot of games. They played so many tight games where the other team is, especially last night, were begging Valpo to take advantage of this game and take control and and just run away from them, and they would not do it. Uh, I thought as a veteran team we had, they have learned from some of their mistakes throughout the past, and they would close this game out strong, but that was not the case. Um, it got up to 10 off a of Marcus layup. Um, then Quentin Green got the line, knocked down two free throws, uh, turn another terrible turnover out of a timeout by Marcus. It was a steal by Diavaro. Cricky got a layup on the other end. Jawan missed a jumper in the paint. Um, got a offensive foul by or got a foul by Cricky. JD went one of one of two. Got another got another lane violation. So he still leads the country in that. I'm sure uh, one of two f- for JD from the line to make it seven. Um, Ben Cricky got a dunk to make it five with one minute left after a turnover or by an offensive foul by Lance. It was a clean, a clear offensive foul there using his off arm again. X got a layup to make it 62 55. Um, then Kobe King with an and one 62 48, 32 seconds left. Um, uh, did not ended up. Jawan, luckily, he had two free throws. Cricky answered with a jumper. 
Um, then Lance, one of two. X, one of two. A lot of one and twos missing or only making one from the line, not closing out with free throws, but we're able to sneak away with a win. Not the way we wanted to close it out, but at this point, where are we at in the season? We got to find a way to close it out, and they did. Yeah, and even throughout that of that stretch there, pivotal points whenever Lance missed that three and Marcus had a – he had a nice, um, uh, yeah, offensive rebound, a nice putback dunk. It was a layup. He kind of like laid it in. It's kind of like on here it mentions Lance having a dunk on that steal, which kind of laid it in. We know Lance – I say struggled to dunk. He's tried before. But throughout all of that run, and you're right, they didn't go away. They went on a little 4-0 run there. And, yeah, J.D. made that one free throw, which he ended up one for five. For, but most outside of him, we were – I want to say perfect from the free throw. I know Troy made a couple on this one. And, yeah, X, you know, they had that soft press near the end. I, I say soft. We were able to just beat the press, honestly, with ease, making good passes, getting down court. X did have that layup to make it seven. And then Jawan hitting two free throws. They mentioned, because apparently on the floor at that at the time, and Jawan's like a 75, no, they said like 65% free throw shooter. He was the worst we had on the court when JD wasn't on there. And, um Made his, you're right. And even though, I mean, throughout this, we, uh, JD, which we know at Missouri State, there was a hack of moolah, and most teams haven't even been doing it. That was a game that happened a month ago. And it's something we, you know, should worry about a little bit. And it happened in this one. And Cricky, you know, they're kind of talking on the broadcast, and that's kind of what Lodic wanted to do. Cricky, I guess, had fouls to give, and he was kind of just pushing and shoving JD, trying to get the, the off ball foul, uh, and JD was reacting like, "What the heck's going on?" Like, like if that if the ref was watching it, kind of just shoving him out of bounds and doing everything. It was funny. Wouldn't get any of the calls, thankfully. And you're right, JD was trying to get rid of the ball, like the hot potato at UIC, and did make the one. And then we mentioned Jawan's, and then yeah, we we you know the soft defense on our end, Cricky going down and scoring. And then we mentioned Lance could have dribbled the ball out. You know, wanted to maybe try to get, uh, you know try to just go to score and they fouled him. And then if you know, he goes one of two, it, it stinks going one of two there in those moments. Cause Kobe uh, did have, he, well, he finished an and one at one point, but then yeah, it led up to all that with X going one of two. And that was the final score, as you said. So kind of a crazy one to mention again, we have crazy games whenever we go there. Uh, wasn't pretty at that all throughout this whole game, but it shows, you know, we talked about how good they are at home, drink double OT. They beat Illinois State there 20 points the previous game. They had the advantages of still being at home, us having to travel a lot. We said if we lost this game, we probably would have heard some traveling excuses and stuff. You never know. But we know this time of year we cannot hear it, and yes, we cannot. We should – Definitely accept these wins, even though you still want to pick them apart. And no doubt, because you don't want to lose these games, you just wanted to get out of Dodge. You wanted to win whichever way it happened, and it was from four points. We mentioned how we could have put the game away. Valpo could have done a little bit better to put the game away on their end. It was one of those games. But we talked about if you get past this one, and then you have the, these days off before you host that huge game on Sunday, which we'll preview on Friday, uh, You know, it kind of can be in your favor down the stretch with three games left. So you know, let's jump into this final box score. Clarence did end up with those 14 yes to lead us in points. We mentioned how he was scoring a lot at the start of the half, and then we didn't see him. It was Troy and J.D. near the end of the game. And, no, we didn't see Dalton in the second half or, like, down the stretch. Just whenever he was in, you know, X was sitting for a while. And, you know, obviously we talk endlessly, you know, and Lance will snap out of his funk and score a little bit, and then they'll be, like, beneficial and huge points. And you can't have Dalton, X, and Lance on the court at the same time because Valpo was kind of bigger, and you can do it against maybe some teams, not a lot. 
we were kind of wondering why Dalton wasn't playing there. I mean, eight points, three of four shooting, perfect from the line. He did everything well, and it's weird how we didn't see him. Uh, other than that, what else stuck out to you by the end of this one? Because um, I mentioned the threes, at least. Both teams went two of 14. And if you told me if we went two of 14 from three in a game, I'd say, well, we only shot 14, but I'd say we only made two of them. We probably lost. What else stuck out at the end of the game? Yeah, definitely. I like that um, we shot 22 free throws in this one. I like getting to the line. Obviously, we shot a lot at the end, but be able to get to the line. I mean, Marcus was 6 of 6. JD obviously going to struggle 1 of 5. Shot 16 of 22 as a team for 73%. Um, I like being able to get to the line. I know we didn't shoot it well, but only taking 14 threes in this game where you were, you were 2 of 14, but I like not be able to – obviously, Lance fell in love with it, but I I like not falling in love with it because um, it seems – feels like it's been 30 – it's 30 attempts a night almost and only 14 in a game, um, but only shooting 14% does help. 24, 50, 48%. Really like I, like – I really like our big man's game. Clarence, 14 points, two rebounds. Uh, JD, seven points. Uh, four rebounds and Scotty came in in his three minutes, two points and a rebound. So you're looking right there. I mean, having those guys, the 23 points they can give you um, with their rebounding is just big time. I mean, obviously you would love to have a big man like Cricky that can give you 24 points, four rebounds, three assists and five blocks on his own. But our collection of bigs, bigs be able to give us that boost when, Marcus only goes 13 points, did have seven assists, five rebounds himself, but struggled a little bit. Then Lance um, had probably his worst uh, shooting night of the year. So um, the boost from the bigs, I'd love to see it. Yeah, and exactly. And it shows if those three can play in a rotation, we can win games. And it just throws a wrinkle in there against teams that aren't really expecting it. And we talked about Scotty didn't play at Bradley, and he's going to need to play on Sunday for us to have a chance to win in that game. And he was definitely a huge impact in those three minutes. Uh, we did see Trent a little bit, didn't do a whole lot. Other than that, I mean, it was kind of a group effort. And we could say Dalton not playing in the second half for us at the very end. It's kind of like Bayou not playing much for Valpo in the second half. So a lot of kind of crap the bed in that regard. But we did squeak by with that win. We were 40. We barely won the points in the paint battle. Had 19 points off their uh, their turnovers. So overall, it was just, like I said, a game to get out of Dodge. It was fun. Noah, give me a quick dog in the game, and then we'll, we'll reiterate what tonight's games are because they're actually starting here in about an hour. Yeah, really, I really liked uh, – I liked Clarence's game, um, but I felt like – when we needed it, Jawan Newton came up big in his 28 minutes tonight, only ended up with six points, but his six points were key at times when we were, we were struggling and obviously uh, he uh, got shots for us. Um, hopefully he can start scoring a little bit more. I know he could assert himself a lot more, especially when, if we're going to start taking Lance and Marcus out at the same time, like we have been doing, I'd like to see him back on the floor and let him assert himself a little bit. So I'll go with Jawan's uh, big, big points when we needed it last night. Great point. Um, he did play well, and he played, like you said, down the stretch and in crucial moments. He was big. Definitely need to have at least him on the court if the other two aren't. 
Uh, I'll go with Dalton because those are the kind of points. And we talked about Troy against Missouri State. You know, you don't really expect them, but when when they happen, I mean, they can literally propel you and obviously give you that lift that you need offensively. So uh, definitely, you know, either of those two, a lot of people, definitely Clarence for putting up those career high and points and some quick things. Uh, <laughs> well, well, one thing, we were the worst re- – we are probably the worst rebounding team in the country. We, we, we watch – People have said, yeah, we put so much effort on defense. We watch, we watched the ball go. Need to clean up rebounding, as we know, over time. And Noah, quickly, Ronnie Watson had some some quick remarks on In the Doghouse, talking about Scotty and Cade. He said, Scotty has the best hands since Jermaine Dearman, and said, Cade, because he was there, he was at the Pacer game whenever he was talking to the guys, and said, Cade Hornecker, could, we care, could very well be seeing him in NBA games. That's the kind of lofty expectations Rodney has. He kind of just... I think he means those things, and Scotty thing isn't isn't as crazy, but no other K thing. Your quick remarks on that, and then dive in to reiterate again what the games are tonight. Yeah, definitely think. Um, I think he's forgetting Randall Falker when you're talking about Scotty. I know uh, Randall was great with his feet and be able to catch balls and finish, um, but that's high praise for Scotty, and that just shows you. Well, he's seen it too, so why isn't he on the floor more if that's the case? Um, yeah, then the Cade thing, I mean, obviously you got a log jam in front of him, but if he was a potential NBA prospect, he would be on the floor, I would say at this point, but, um, we burned his red shirt and obviously, and some people think he could become a magical back injury or something get a red shirt potentially, but definitely think, um, that's some high praise there for Rodney Watson and he knows the game as well as anybody. So I'm going to believe him on that. Um, then really quickly, Evansville at Belmont, Belmont 17 and a half point favorites in that one. Um, don't know if they'll cover the 17 and a half. Wouldn't be surprised though. Missouri state at Bradley is a big one. Everybody will be watching at seven Bradley, nine and a half point favorites. That's crazy. That's a big number at home. Indiana state, 11 point favorites on the road at UIC Murray state, one point favorites on the road at Illinois state. Um, no, they opened the day at three point favorites on the road. Then Drake, the big one at eight o'clock at UNI. Hopefully it's a classic like last game, the double OT six point favorites on the road for Drake. Yeah. Those two last games will be keeping an eye on most, even though there are some good ones. Hoping UIC can fight Indiana state if they have their guys back. Um, yeah, you're right. That Murray was favored, and all of a sudden it's an Illinois State's favorite. I don't know what could have changed there, but definitely some games to look out for tonight. Quickly also, Kennard Davis, uh, he won his previous game 70-48 to against East St. Louis uh, last weekend and then has a game tonight. It's seven, so we will cover all of those. It's hard to get details for box scores. We'll find some more, but we will have more for you guys on Friday talking about it. So one of the dive deep into this foul pole game, it was a good win with now days off leading up to that important game on Sunday. Hoping for some help tonight. If not, we'll be seeing the Bradley Braves on Sunday. Uh, stay tuned for that preview. Like I said, 20 wins, our first 20-win season in a very long time. We'll talk all more about it with more time on Friday. So for Nick Malone. No alerts. As always, see you guys on Friday. Go dogs.